Welcome to the Outdoor Country Talk Podcast, hosted by Jacob Poole and Jeremy Shaw, where we bring country living and the great outdoors together. Welcome back to another episode of Outdoor Country Talk, Jacob and Jeremy. Jake, you, uh, you battling old coronavirus over there? Not yet, but I did tell Tiffany to pick me up a whole bucket of limes earlier, so if it does get here, I should be set. <laughs> You're going to mix it right on up, huh? Well, I had told the kids, I, I went meant to take a picture of it earlier. It looks like they put a slice of lime in the dog's water today, so I'm not sure if they were trying to help the dogs per, you know, keep from getting the coronavirus or what exactly the thought process was there, putting one in the dog's water bowl. So That may have been an immune booster. It may have been. Because uh, I know they heard me tell Tiffany the other day that if the coronavirus got here, I needed some lime. So <laughs> they looking out for the dog. <laughs> I'm, yeah, I'm not sure if they actually think that's part of the treatment or cure for the coronavirus. But from what I'm hearing, they really don't have a cure for it. So I guess maybe you know we'll start somewhere and try it. Well, I think the cure is cutting is shutting down everything enjoyable, everything that anybody ever wants to do. So. Look, March, Maybe that's the cure. March Madness is done. Looks like college sports are shut down till the end of March. Um, keep waiting on the kids' sports. I'm, I really do. I got an email from USSA on girls softball. We're not to shake hands with other teams. We're not to shake hands with other coaches or umpires. We're to speak at everyone and tell them good game from a distance. So, oh man. But for right Great. now, we're still we're still playing. So we'll. We'll just have to see how long that lasts. Crazy world we live in, man. Well, my my wife today had me meet a lady to pick up some, and I've never heard of this before. You may have elderberry syrup. Supposedly, it's an immune booster, something natural. Who knows? But I'm like, is this the cure? Is this the mysterious cure for the corona? She's like, no. But everybody in this house is taking a teaspoon tonight. Don't know All if right. the the syrup has never hit this hit poo farms yet, but I know the the little chewable vitamin things have elderberry vitamins. They've been here for quite a while. I'm willing to bet that my wife or your wife probably conspired on it. Well, with Tiff being in the medical field in the capacity she is, she gets hit up a lot on what she's supposed to take and do, or what people are supposed to do, and. Uh, so, yeah, she's probably researched it, and there's no telling what all she's come up with yet. I haven't seen I, – I have not had to change my – you know, Dr. Pepper's still going strong at this house, so. Oh, really? You had not cut back any? No, sir. I figure if it's kept me alive and healthy this long, <laughs> uh, that, and a, that and a good cold one every once in a while, I'll be I'll, – I'll just go the way I've been. I'm going to keep eating bacon, and hopefully I'll make it to 94. Well, I guess so. I guess we're gonna keep on keep on plugging. Well, keep the other plugging. alternative's not very promising, so it, and it is longer lasting. So yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna just keep doing what I'm doing for a while, and, and we'll play it by ear and go from there. You know, I know y'all been you've been working out, and I know the guest we have Will on tonight. He's been he's been starting some new regiments and some stuff. He may want to tell us about tonight, but I'm I'm gonna stick with Dad Bod at 42. I just really don't have that level of want to to go hit the gym quite like y'all are right now but it may change man you you rock it well we'll say that <laughs> you know a while <laughs> back when i got to posting my diet plan with the you know the hamburger steak on top of french fries with plenty of gravy and dr pepper 
and my honey buns and 44 ounce Dr. Peppers in the morning for those good healthy breakfasts. You know, I'd got approached. Somebody hit me up and said, you ought to start a Facebook group called Dad Bod, like 10.1 or something, you know, because there's already some Dad Bods <laughs> out there. That way the dads could actually post pictures of their meals and, you know, the the good healthy things we were working on, just like some of these fitness folks are. Mm-hmm. We could have the fitness and the unfit version of it. So then we may still do that. I I keep tinkering with the idea, but I need something else to do, like I need another hole in my head, so. Well, you could do, you know, last episode we did our little Facebook Live there at the end. You could do a Facebook Live of how to cook your honey bun and butter and, you know, all that kind of stuff. You see, a good honey bun doesn't need butter. You don't want to do that. I mean, I'm not trying, okay. to, I'm not trying to make it completely, you know, hardened arteries as it enters the mouth. I mean, we want, to, we want it to take a little bit longer. Okay, uh, okay. Well, you know, Facebook Live, your, uh, your recipes you've been holding on for a while. You may be on to something. Well, I don't know why it struck me later last night. I know I messaged you kind of late last night that, you know, next time we do Facebook Live, if you would turn it on on your phone, too, while mine's recording, we could actually see what everybody was commenting without having to get up and walk over to the phone. Yeah, I think one of your wife's hashtags last night was, they need glasses, and I thought about it. I was like, well, I didn't have my contacts in, so I'll blame it on that. <laughs> well, you're younger than I am. You're supposed to have those eagle eyes where mine are starting to fade with time. Uh, yeah, mine are, mine are fading on me. I'm going to go conveniently into the night. It'll be all right. You know how some people fight oh, yeah. it. I think I'm going to go gently into the night as the saying goes. So. There you go. There you go. Man, I know this is going to air afterwards, so hopefully uh, hopefully by the time this hits the air, I'll be able to uh, I'll have a turkey thrown across my back. That'll be good. I'm hoping same thing. I know probably just about everybody that listens to this will be hoping the same thing. Yep. I hope everybody, you know, I guess this will be airing, you know, second weekend. I hope everybody had a good, good opener weekend and, uh, hopefully got on some birds and hope, hope we're going, we're going to do it this weekend. Well, this weekend being, being opening weekend, pumped up, man, pumped up. Well, I'm waiting to hear from our guest tonight and see what his intentions are this weekend. He's had a little bit of a little bit of experience doing some hunting. Just I would a say. little bit. Go ahead, lead us, lead us right on into him, uh, Mr. Craig Fitz. Are you with us this evening? I am. All right. I didn't know. Make sure we hadn't lost you, but yeah, tonight no, we I'm have here. we have Mr. Craig Fitz with. Well, Craig, you've been with an awful lot of things. I don't know exactly how we're supposed to intro you on this. Yeah, I, um, currently I am. I work full time for Realtree Outdoors, um, so that that is my current position. And uh, stay at home dad. <laughs> That's what I feel like sometimes. <laughs> well, since you've just undergone so- shoulder surgery, it's you're kind of on medical leave right now, aren't you? I am. So I uh, I have learned to type because uh, that's pretty much what I do: sit in front of a computer on the phone and. And tight most of the day, and I have learned to do that. So I'm pretty bad. I'm pretty much back full force now. But for a couple of days, it was kind of rough typing one hand. I did try, but uh, it wasn't as easy as I thought it was going to be. <laughs> well, if you can no do doubt. it on your phone, my kids can type faster with one with their thumb than I can with my, all of my hands. So <laughs> yeah, I, I probably should have just stuck to the phone instead of trying to get on the computer. But 
um, the older I get, the more I like to look at a bigger screen. <laughs> we're, we're back to that eyeglass thing again. I was going to say, that kind of rolls us all into the same bucket, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Greg, you're probably, I guess, uh, I guess more popularly known as uh, being on the, the former Trained Assassin show. That's correct. Um, not not as uh, popular as, you know, Slade. You know, he thinks oh, he's yeah, yeah. way more popular. So I'll just, I'll let him have that line, like him and Uncle Rusty. But, um, <laughs> but yes, yeah, I was on there. We um, did it for seven seasons, but we did it for a lot longer than that before that. So it seemed like a, a whole, well, it was a whole decade of my life that that's what I did, so. Well, your your name has been on the podcast for because you know everybody y'all remember we had we had Ryan Ryan Waskin with us you know what was that Jake about three three four episodes ago something like yeah, that I he was, say it was right he was on here ago. so you know you can uh you can maybe maybe talk about him a little bit because I think your name was maybe thrown around as maybe what the most misses I think is yeah what, what Ryan may have thrown that out and that is correct. Oh, so most, so so he wasn't leading us astray with that. That is correct. That that was not what uh, I wanted to get on here and, and rebut. Is <laughs> I did have the most misses shown. Oh, that's what he, and then and then oh. he tried to say that I was the one that kept my most of mine off. Actually, it was the exact opposite. I showed all of mine. I held some from other people <laughs> back because some people didn't want to show them. I'm not saying it was Ryan because it wasn't, but I'm just saying it wasn't me. I showed, <laughs> I showed every single thing that happened to me uh, because it didn't bother me one bit because, heck, it was me. It was real. I, I miss all the time, uh, and I still do, and it's fine. I missed a turkey last year for the first time, and I was hot. So, Oh, man. Well, that's yeah. what we talked on the, on the last episode, Jake, when I recorded you know, we always talk about our successes, and Jake kind of just thrown out like, "Man, give me a good turkey story you had." I said, "Well, let me tell you one I missed." Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, you, you always got to them. Yeah, yeah, those those stick. Well, you always got to throw those out. You know, but it's not all about the uh, about the high fives and successes. Sometimes you got those those head hanging moments. Well, I found I found my arch nemesis the other day, so his day's coming. Oh, yeah. I found him. Oh, yeah. He got me two years in a row. Last year, I finally got him in range, and I missed him. And this year, he's back, and uh, my little boy going to put some <laughs> TSS 20 gauge up beside his head, I can tell you. Oh, yeah. Well, guys, I can tell you all this from my perspective, and it, it's just an old turkey hunter throwing out a little bit of a tidbit. I know everybody gets tickled about shoot them in the face, shoot them in the face. There for a while, I was, I'd miss you know, one, two a year. And I started to aim a little lower. I don't mm-hmm. miss very much anymore. So, uh, <laughs> you know, that head shot only, I don't mind catching a little bit extra now. So, uh, <laughs> shoot them in the no, I'm, the, I'm, the, dude, I'm the same way. I shoot low and I, and I, I'm, I will be saying I may miss 10 this year. Cause I usually do when I say this, but until last year, that was the first one. And he was now I give myself a little bit of credit. He was 50 yards away and he was, he was at he was at twenty five, but somehow he got to fifty in about three seconds. I don't know how he did it, oh. I, I, or less than that actually. I shouldn't have said three seconds, but point three seconds. And uh, and I had to let one fly because I've been after him for two years and I missed him and it was, it was bad, bad, bad news. I was not happy. I was running through the woods like a, a mass <laughs> murderer. 
<laughs> Craig, I missed one in Kansas last year, and I don't know if I've even told this on the podcast, but you've hunted out there before. Distance is different. Mm-hmm. And I was looking across a couple hundred acre field, and I just <laughs> knew he was within range. I said, when he gets to there, if he'll, because it was three of them, and one of them kept breaking off, and he would get to a point and he would hang up. Well, he just wouldn't come any closer to me. The other two mm-hmm. gobblers were trying to walk away behind him, and I said, well, if he gets to there, he's within range, I'm on load. And I'm shooting three-and-a-half-inch DSS when I go up north, and I know what they'll do. And I said, if he gets to there, I know I can get him. I don't like to shoot that far, but I'm going – he's he's on my range there. When I tell you how far I was off, at mm-hmm. 90 steps, I found my wadding, and I had still not gotten to where the turkey was when I shot at him. Yeah, the one essential said, you bring when you leave the state to go to the Midwest of North Turkey Hunt is a range finder. Did People not, think you're crazy, it was but in my truck. It's so it so wide in, open and flat. It was in my truck, but it was not in my vest that morning. Mm-hmm. And it normally stays in my vest when I leave the state. You know, anytime I go somewhere else, because here you can look and you can go, all right, well, that t- tree's oh, 10 yeah. yards, that uh-huh. tree's 20 yards, that tree's 30. All right, well, he's within there, he's, he's in a bind. And I could have swore. I mean, I was sitting beside a big tree behind a fence in between two fields. I was kind of in the the little tree line there. And they actually came out in the wrong field. I wasn't expecting them to come from that field. From the way they were gobbling, I said, well, they're coming from the – they're going to hit this split and just come walking right up the tree line, and they're going to be right here on me. Well, they actually looped around, I guess, when they pitched down and came, and I missed him clean and knew it when I shot. I said, oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I didn't even get close. To, I saw dirt kick up. I knew I'd missed him clean. Mm. But it, it will happen to all of us. I didn't miss any of the other ones, but I, I sure opened him and had him on film. It was the only one I was going to have perfectly filmed. I had the camera set up. I was like, oh, this is going to be gorgeous. You know, this will be. <laughs> it still was. It still was. <laughs> I deleted that film. That one did not make the. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> see, you, see, you act like Ryan Watson, Blake the Ball, Slave Priest. <laughs> gotta hide it yeah see me i'd show i show mine <laughs> well craig gotta lead us into uh you know we, we talked about it you know with, with most people kind of lead us into you know you, you're most popularly known for for your hunting kind of lead us into what got you into it kind of through your your childhood with it so uh uh i was i'm pretty much uh i'm kind of unique when it comes to that I didn't grow up hunting at all. I, um, I was a sports guy. I played baseball and football growing up. Um, that's that's pretty much what I focused on. And then my family, my brothers and my dad, all that, uh, and my grandpa and all were into horses real big. So that's kind of what I did growing up. And then I, when I got to be about 15, I was in high school, and a good friend of mine introduced me to uh, deer hunting for the first time. And let's just say um, after that, it was it was game on. And um, I got pretty addicted pretty quick and uh, to fishing as well. And once I graduated high school and went to college, uh, I went to Bellhaven College to play football at first. Uh, that's what I did my freshman year. And I met Slade. Well, when I met Slade and started hanging out with him and hunting with him, and um, and then quickly, you know, that, that passion for hunting just took off even more because I had somebody to do it with a lot more often. And um, so, obviously, Slade and I, uh, hit it off pretty early and and then all of a sudden i don't know how one day i started filming him with his dad's camera 
Well, once I filmed him a couple times and then I put some videos together, I said, this is going to be something I do for the rest of the time that I hunt because I enjoyed it so much watching what we did, you know, how the hunt went, the memories that came with it. And, um, and that's basically how it started. And, uh, so yeah, I'm not like everybody else, you know, starting at four, like my son, my son killed his first turkey when he was, uh, five and, uh, first deer when he was six and heck me, I didn't even know what deer and turkey looked like in the wild when I was five and six. So, um, I am, I, I was not that typical kid like that. And I'm kind of glad I wasn't cause I was, I was a lot easier, uh, coached, I guess you would say, cause I yeah. knew I didn't know anything. And still to this day, you know, I get a, I get a rap all the time, you know, like, Oh, great. You know, turkey calling and this and that, and, you know, it's because when I go, most of the time when I go with somebody, I'm going with people that are way more knowledgeable than I am. So why would I even try to do it? But the beauty of that is, and they laugh about it all the time is I listen, I learn. And now that I go by myself all the time, I don't have any problems. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, it, heck, I've learned from the best. I mean, I hunted with Eddie Salter. I've hunted with uh, Nate Hosey and Philip Culpepper and Michael Waddell and all the one of the some of the best turkey hunters out there. And I'm like, why would I ever try to tell them what to do? You know, not counting say Ryan Blake. I mean, there's those three right there. I mean, I put up against anybody in the nation. Hell, I've hunted with a lot of them. And but when I hunt with them, you know that whatever decision they're going to make is going to be the correct one. And I hope Slade don't listen to this because his head just got bigger. <laughs> but it's true; it really is true, you know. And um, because when you start hunting with with um, other buddies and stuff, you could tell the difference. You know, it's just a different yeah. thing. And so I didn't realize that who I was learning from um, it, with the group that we had were actually really good hunters that I was learning from as we went. So I was pretty fortunate in that. Absolutely. You know, I was, a, I'd say I was the same way, you know, growing up, I had a, I had a lot of different interests and, you know, I know I've talked about it on the podcast a little bit, you know, I think, I think buddies, you know, probably motivated me a little bit more and, uh, and different types of hunting, you know, especially my duck hunting, you know, I didn't, I didn't grow up duck hunting like a lot of my buddies did. Um, I grew up, you know, turkey hunting with my dad and deer hunting and stuff, but, um, you know, I'm with you on that. I, I, I'm with you 100%. I know exactly what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. And the duck hunting, speaking of duck hunting, see, I've never been on a real duck hunt on purpose. Uh, <laughs> I am scared to do that. And I, I just, I'm like, I can't do it. Can't do it. I'm scared I'm going to like it and spend more time away. It's you addictive. It's I know. Addictive, that's why I don't so. do it. I don't got addicted to turkey hunting more than deer hunting. So I can't even, I can't even imagine. Well, and Craig, we talk about it all the time, but the thing with duck hunting is turkey hunting is my solo sport. I may have one buddy with me or a kid, but yeah. you're not doing it with a group of people. Duck hunting, you're you're hunting with a group of people. You don't have to be quiet. You know, unless they're working, birds are working and coming in, then you can sit there and shoot the breeze and tell whatever you want to. You can cook while you're sitting in a boat or sitting in a blind. You know, there's a lot of other aspects to it you don't get in any other type of hunting. Yeah, see, you're making it harder for me not to go now. Oh, we're gonna have to get you in on a hunt this year. Yeah, that's what. Well, hey, I, I, I've, uh, I've almost given in a couple times. It almost <laughs> failed. Right, would work sometimes. One, uh, a couple times, I almost didn't have a choice. Somehow, it happened, and I'm like, oh man, I, I, I live to see another day with no turkey hunts. I mean, duck hunts. So let's see. Well, Craig, to go but back. No, I, I do like. You know, uh, part of me wants to go, obviously, but the other part of me is like, oh man, if I like it. Mm-mm. Well, to go back just a second on what you were just saying a minute ago, you know, you said you, you didn't start at an early age. 
but you mm-hmm. started with some of the best or, or some really knowledgeable, really good guys mm-hmm. hunting. It, you know, you said you started playing ball. Well, it's the same thing whether you have a good coach or a bad coach when you first start. You know, a, a child with talent, you give him a decent coach and you can make a better ball player. You give him a really great coach and you can make a really good ball player. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it sounds to me like you've you've had that same type of experience you know, you, you were athletic growing up and then got into hunting, got in with the right guys and was able to take that and go further with it than, than a lot of folks and go in a different re- direction. I know a lot of folks that hunt every day, something, but they wouldn't be caught on film for anything right. in this world. That's right. I, I completely agree. So I can kind of uh, even go further and, or talk a little bit about that is, you know, us being on TV, we all – that that is one of our things that we always wanted to let everybody know and, and try to show is, is that we ain't no different than anybody else hunting out there. Everybody, most, a lot of people were better than us and hunting and, and things like that. It's just all we did was able to put a crew together and, and literally put our dreams in front of us and actually go get them and, and work hard and go do it. Um, I always talk about like my wife is a designer. She designs, um, remodels and new construction and stuff like that and she's great at it i mean her she it's unbelievable what she can do but my wife everybody's always like, oh you need they need a hgtv nikon my wife would never get in front of a camera like that's just not her even though she's she might be the best at what she does she would never do that so um it's kind of the same thing it's a lot of these hunters out there that are way better than someone like me obviously but they, like you said, they, they would never want to be in front of anybody or, or let anybody see them doing it, you know, and that's that's very understandable. Well, I kind of lead it. Lead, well, I know we, we, we talked about this for Ryan whenever he was on, but lead us into, I guess, kind of want to hear your side of it, of getting started with trained assassins. Yep. Okay. Ryan, I, I heard Ryan's podcast, obviously, but um, I will tell you, he was pretty much dead on. Um, he, so we, um, Slay and I started filming a little bit each other's hunts and we actually started, we named ourselves team drama. That was the first thing Slay and I ever did. <laughs> team drama. And what's funny is, is that the guy that was doing it with us at the time, his name's Michael Saxon that lives up in, um, Bentonia, I think. Mm-hmm. I think that's where he, I can't remember now. Yeah. Yeah. Zoo area, whatever. It, mm-hmm. it, I'm not even sure if Bentonia, I think that's right. Yeah, it's, it's, that it's right and, there, yeah. Uh, and anyway, so he, uh, it was me, him, and Slay. Well, he, whenever Slay and I did start training assassin, he kind of kept the name Team Drama. And I think they did some stuff locally up that way, uh, local local networks. Him and uh, I think his brother was in with him, Shane Saxon. But anyway, um, so then we started training assassins because Slay had a guide service. And he kind of nicknamed all his guys the trained assassins. Well, when we started, we said, look, we're going to do a YouTube. You know, we had our idea to be the first um, YouTube slash digital show only. So this was before Midwest Whitetail. This was before all them. And, um, but we, so we started it. Well, I was the main videographer and the main shooter, which, and I sucked. Let's just be, I was bad. Like, it was bad. <laughs> all right. Now, I wasn't a bad videographer, but I was a horrible editor. And um, so then we, we invited Blake to come aboard, and so Blake came on. Well, Ryan and I grew up together. We played baseball together, uh, went to the same school. Uh, we just knew each other our whole lives. And um, 
so he uh i knew that him and rusty were big turkey hunters obviously and they had their own video out spring heroes or springtime heroes or something i think is what it was called and they had a little thing called Wascom Outdoors going. So I went to Ryan and I said, hey, man, I said, we're about to move forward with this. If y'all want to be a part of it, we would love for you to be a part of it. Well, our idea behind the whole thing was to never go on television. We're always going to be on YouTube. Like, obviously, if we wanted to go on TV, but that wasn't our really our goal. And um, so then we we had, we had picked up a couple product sponsors, uh, Bear Archery being one of them. That was our main one at the time. And, uh, well, they are the ones that actually asked us to go see about getting on Sportsman Channel. Well, about the same time, I started filming for um, the Buzzbuses on Wild Game Nation a little bit. I was freelance videographer for them. And um, at the same time, they had uh, Matt had a business that was actually helping shows get on the network at the time, which was in 2013. And um, so he said, See, there I go with the and dumb thing. Uh, so, anyway, I, um, I, so we talked about it, and he said, yeah, this is this fits perfect. Let's see what we can do. Well, that was in February. Well, we filmed for YouTube in the fall, but we didn't film for a TV show. We're supposed to air in May. So that's three months. Oh, wow. Oh, we, didn't have, yeah. we didn't have a production team. We didn't have anything. We didn't have anybody can edit that good in order to go on TV because it definitely wasn't going to be me. So we ended up hiring a company out of Baton Rouge that, well, like Ryan told you, the guy that was in our show, he never hunted before in his life. And so I literally went to his office every day I was off. I was working at the fire department at the time, Baton Rouge Fire Department. And I went to his, I went to their office every day I was off, and I stayed there for 12, 13 hours a day and making sure that what he was doing made sense hunting-wise. Wow. And, um, and so that's kind of how it started. So he did it for two seasons. And, dude, he was awesome. His name Eric Showalter. He lives in Chicago now. And uh, he did a heck of a job for somebody never never video, which we thought, and then editing. And, uh, I mean, for somebody never hunting. But um, we look back at them now, season one and season two, and we're like, man, we thought we was killing it, man. Just like Ryan said. We, I literally look back, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, it was so horrible. Ryan had a mullet. Uh, I, I, didn't, I didn't have a beard. Blake looked like he was 18. Well, Slay still looks like he's 18, but Slay was even smaller and looked younger. And, uh, but he still but had so the white sunglasses. Like that, you know? and, uh, and, and look from season one to season seven, which you only say is eight years, seven years, however you want to look at it. But the difference that we looked and the difference that the show looked from season one to season seven is just is unbelievable. And we looked back one day and we all were like, We've been doing this for this long. We we didn't even think we were ever going to go to TV. And here we are doing it seven years. And then when we end it, we end it on our terms, which was our – I heard you ask Ryan the other, the other night if he if we had any goals, what was our goals. Well, my personal goal was – because I, I pretty much handled all the business side of everything. And my personal goal was to end it on our terms. That's what I wanted. So for us to do that, I was fine. That was that was my goal. That's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Well, and so, y'all, y'all well, were able let me to... ask you this: talk, talking about that goal, mm-hmm. you know, did did you have a vision going into it, season one? Did, did you? And I know it's probably hard to, to to look at it from season one and think about this, but did you have an end in sight going into it? If that makes sense. 
No. No. Okay. My, you don't know what I thought when I and I'm the most optimistic person you will ever meet. You can ask any of them that. Like I will look at the bright side of everything. But I was thinking, okay, we'll do this for a couple of years and be fun. But I mean, it ain't gonna last. I mean, it, ain't, it just ain't gonna happen. You know, that's what I'm thinking. Like to be honest with you, I'm like, okay, this is great. It's all falling into place right now. But I mean, really, how long is this gonna last? Because uh, I mean, I knew I had to hustle, get sponsors. I knew I had to do that, to make it last, and all this. And I'm like, man, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm a freaking fireman. You know, like I really had no idea what I was doing at the time. And hell, I, I guess I still don't. But, um, but anyway, so I, I uh, so when he got to season two, we kind of changed it up a little bit, and we we're like, okay, well, and then everybody kept coming back on board. Well, season three come around, I said, look, we gotta change it, and we gotta change it big. And what we did was. Um, I, I, at that point I knew, you know, it was actually something that could be sustained. And so I hired two full-time guys. Um, the guy edit, he filmed it, edited and everything else. And I'm, I'm going to tell you right now. And I, like I said, like Slade a while ago, I hope, he, I hope Colton don't listen to this, but Colton Seifert, which is a guy from Wisconsin sitting in my house right now, he turned, I mean, that's when it changed when it got to season three. It, it just skyrocketed after that. Season three, season four, season five, season six, and season seven were all him editing and putting it together. Him and Luke Mitchell, which we call Bear Cub. I mean, they were literally the ones doing all the work, putting all in the effort to make it look the way it did. And it did change. It changed drastically like season on season three, which boosted everything through season seven. Well, sometimes it takes us a little bit of time to get all of them all the cogs in place and once mm-hmm. you get it in place and you know season one you know jeremy asked a minute ago what the goal that season one was i'm gonna almost be willing to bet it was to make it through a whole season and get to season two well i was about to say yeah get enough episodes or our content to finish season one you are cor- completely correct yeah, well, that was the initial goal for season one and then going into the fall to film for season two we still didn't really know what we were doing, but at least we had a plan at that time. You know exactly what, because we learned from season one how much extra stuff we had to film to, in order to to fill in the gaps. So we tried to at least start in season two getting all that. Well, obviously, we didn't. Season three, we started picking up a little bit more. By season four, you know, it was it was we pretty much had it then. Because you're putting of what out we need it. You're putting out how many shows a year? Uh, Thirteen. 13. So for 13 shows, you have to, you can't have just 13 hunts. You've got to have oh, no. 46 hunts or, that's correct. you know, you've so, got to have five or six per one to even make an episode, not counting all the extra B-roll and everything else that you need to add in or interviews. That's, or, right. that's right. And it, you'd be amazed of how many gigabytes and terabytes we filmed while out. It, it was, it was, it was dumb. But to answer what you were saying about you don't need only 13 hunts. So the difference that we always, well, not now, but when we are in our prime, I guess you would say season three to season six and seven. Well, we were different than most shows out there is we killed stuff. That was the difference. And the reason was is because, like you said, if we had 13 episodes to produce, I tried to, at a minimum, have 35 hunts lined up. For everybody together because the success rate obviously is not a hundred percent because we're hunting wild animals we don't hunt high fence we hunt wild animals so i my my thought was if we have that we're doing really good 
Well, it just happened to be that we were very fortunate, and pretty much every year we were between 24 and 27 kills. So pretty much every single show had at least two kills on it. So we quickly became known as, you know, the the show that actually killed stuff all the time. And so the, you talk about pressure after that because one one the one year I think it was season five we're filming for it, and the whole month of September we didn't kill an animal. And I'm like, oh man, this is gonna be the year. This is gonna be bad. <laughs> and then on September 30th, Mississippi season started on September 30th that year, and Slade killed a deer, and it was like the floodgates open. I mean, it was just, he killed it, and then everybody else started getting after it. And um, so, yeah, but that I remember sitting there going, oh, God, this ain't going to be the year. This is it. This is going to be bad. And, um, but, yeah, so that, to answer your question, yes, it was a lot more that, that we had to film that don't even come close to making it. Well, Craig, I know I'm a little older than, I know I'm older than Jeremy, and I'm not sure how much older I am than you are, but when I was in college, you know, Phil Robinson, it wasn't Duck Commander at that time or Duck Dynasty. It was mm-hmm. old Duck Commander, and you know they were they were killing things. They were shooting yep. the heck out of them. I, I won't say that what we used to always say, but you know TK and Mike they had the funny videos out, but but most of videos out at that time were just you know they were kill shots. It was a lot of kill shots. It was a, a yep. lot of, of of everything that goes into it. Well. About I guess my senior year in college, the term harvesting came out. You weren't allowed oh, yeah. to shoot anything or har- kill anything. You had to harvest it. You know, we were treating it like a crop, a sustainable crop, mm-hmm. which which wild game is a sustainable crop to a point. But, you know, we were trying to be more animal friendly and, you know, uh, some of the terminology was changing. And I'm like, man, I am in the wrong part of the country. Where did this come from? But you yep. noticed, you noticed from that point on, I did that most of the hunting shows quit showing a lot of things. You know, they they kind of adapted to it, and yeah, when y'all's first came out, it was refreshing to actually see something go down, not just yeah. a, a picture of it at the end. You know, yeah, it, it was or, always or, or sit there. I've watched thirty minute shows before, and it got over, and went. I'm like, what the heck did I just watch? They not. <laughs> I didn't even see a deer. Like, <laughs> what was that? You know, and we, we 100%, that was a big, big goal of ours was not ever be like that. It was always interesting to, you know, to keep up with different things. And and I haven't kept up as good as I should have over the years, you know, with different shows. And there's so many new new media, new markets out there where you can yep. see anything and everything you want to. If you want to see turkey hunting, you want to see deer hunting, just pull up a YouTube on it and there's, you know, unknown totals of how many. And then, you know, Jeremy and I have started filming just our own personal stuff a little bit, having fun with it, with the kids and stuff. And, you know, the videos you see now, it's, but I, I told Ryan when we were talking with him, I would love to see the bloopers film. Yeah. And, you know, I, I like to see what everybody does right, but I also like to see what everybody does wrong because I learn more from what they're doing wrong a lot of times. So hopefully I don't do the same thing. Yeah, the uh, my son just knocked a window out almost in my truck. So sorry about that. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, yeah, the bloopers, that's the funny part is most of my bloopers were shown like we talked about earlier. But boy, y'all should see some of the other ones. Now, it's all, if you want to air some on the side, it's okay to do that. 
Well, I think Colton actually told me he put some things together, so I'm kind of interested to see what they are. Oh, that would be a a fun. Mm-hmm. Trust me, we can have fun with it. We can come back on the show and talk about them in depth. Hey, and, and just find out. just the bloopers <laughs> of Uncle Rusty's outtakes would be a whole episode. <laughs> Look, we had him in Kansas. I don't know if I don't know if y'all remember the one he he did a little mini commercial one time where it was a uh, it was about a wild game trail camera and he uh, make a pixels so he kept saying make a pickles and uh, <laughs> and Colton Colton he asked, that's Colton made that mini commercial say that that's what it said was mini I mean mega pickles that's what it said and had him <laughs> laughing about it and. You know, obviously he had the, the graphic on top saying megapixels, but yeah, that's how he ended up doing it because he could never say pixels. And uh, so it was funny. Look, for a lot of folks that don't know or haven't followed it, Uncle Rusty's a good character now. He he is always full of something at all times. I lost you for a second. What'd you say? I said, Uncle Rusty's always full of something. He's, he's a oh, good character always. to always have around telling something or see what he's up to. I'm telling y'all, yeah, y'all got to get him on because he will have y'all cracking up for however long y'all talk. I can tell you. We're gonna, we may have to do a Uncle Rusty series to see just how. <laughs> You're gonna need it because he's got so many stories. <laughs> Heck, he's, he'll tell you. He said he. Well, I ain't gonna steal his joke, but I'll go ahead and say he'll say, "Boy, I got underwear ordering you." <laughs> so, I'm pretty sure I've heard that one. Yeah, he says that all the time too. We had him in Kansas a couple of years ago, and the shoot we were on, they had warned us that it was it, it was a shoot. It wasn't a hunt. It was a pheasant shoot out of a, oh yeah, a, a, what they call it a European up there with Mister Kim. That uh, showed me birds, and he couldn't get his gun loaded fast enough. And him trying to give us the rendition of him trying to speed load that gun. <laughs> with pheasant still flying and everybody else still shooting. Now, what I didn't, I hadn't shared with him. I had put a, I think, eleven shot tube extension on my gun, so he couldn't figure out why mine never got unloaded. <laughs> well, I'm holding about twelve shells to your two, so uh, rock on, buddy. <laughs> That's funny. He was shoving shells so fast and dropping stuff and stumbling. You know, it was. Tell uh, and I were over with tube extensions on and we just never we had a rolling barge of shooting and he couldn't figure out what we had going on that he didn't have going on so it was <laughs> now by year two he had him one of the tube extensions too i so. bet he did that's one thing i was about to say i'm surprised he didn't research that and take care of that because that's how he is he i can't remember. i want to say he just had his plug out that first year and he was you know, on that hunt, you don't have to have a plug. It's a yeah. open shoot. And like I say, it's more of a shoot than a hunt. Now, the second day you go and you actually get to work work the dogs and do a, an actual field hunt, and it's more hunt involved than it. But the the tower shoot, it's it's a sound like a WWE wrestling match going off with the guy in the tower going, ladies and gentlemen, are you ready, ready, ready? And they start some music and start throwing birds out and telling you where they're coming to and <laughs> your barrel's about to get warm. You better have several shells laid out so you can you can have fun with it. But you have y'all did seven seasons of trained assassins, yep. and now you've moved into real tree full time. Mm-hmm. Can you tell us any what you're doing with real tree or? 
Yeah, I so I um I'm a media sales manager. I what I do is I sell all the the uh, partnerships and everything for all the digital assets and television shows that we have. So basically, um, uh, sponsors is who I deal with. And we have, um, so we started a new network, uh, digitally called Realtree 365. And on, on that, um, digital network is actually where Ryan and Slay's show is now called Hunt United. Um, and there's, there's nine shows airing on that network. And then we also have three television shows. So I, um, I, I sell sponsorships for 12 different shows and that's what my day to day is. So you're still doing all the work. Oh yeah. Oh, definitely. 100%. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, r- r- we got a photo shoot in the morning and, and, uh, I can pick on Ryan for a little bit. He'll appreciate this. He sent me a message a while ago that said, Hey, what time and where do I need to be in the morning and what do I need to bring? I said, did you forget that I'm not on this thing anymore? I just, Hey, I'm just here to, I'm just here to tell you, uh, or to get the people here and hire the photographer. I said, I, I, I don't know much. You might have to check with them. I said, uh, and I pick on him and Slade all the time. I said, look, I'm not your agent, you know, or I am your agent, I guess. I said, you can treat me like that if you want to. So I give it to you. I was going to say, sounds like you are. Yeah, I really am, to be honest with you. Sounds to me like you need to start collecting a fee. Oh, well, uh, they, they they owe me turkeys is all I can tell you. <laughs> I could accept that. It's, it's, it's coming one way or the other. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I will definitely kill some of Slade's turkeys before it's over with. Yeah, I could I could accept that form of payment. That would be okay. Oh yeah, no problem. Yeah. Now, are they counting on you going full speed with that bum shoulder, or uh, who's that? Real tree or Slade and Ryan? Slade and Ryan. Oh, they they yeah, they they think I uh, I I can do everything I could before I heard it, but uh, yeah, but no, they uh, Slade asked me the other day. I said, look, I'll go film you because uh, usually when you go film, you're gonna kill one afterwards. But um. I said, I'll go film. He said, can you even film? I said, not really. I probably need to shoot. I can't can't film. So we'll see how that goes. Well, I know you've been doing a lot of rehab. I've been keeping up with you on on Mm -hmm. social media and stuff. Is is a shoulder where you can actually do a lot? No, I'm in a sling. I got about another four weeks at least in the sling because they cut my bicep tendon and had to move it over and attach it to my pec off of my shoulder. So um, that's what's really keeping me down. Now, the shoulder, obviously, it takes a long time. But uh, why I got to stay in the sling so long is because of that, really. So I've, I bought a 20-gauge, uh, quote-unquote, for my son. And um, I'm going to put it uh, – I, I didn't learn how to shoot it. It's light. I can sling it up and put it on my knee, and I'm good. Because it's my left hand that's hurt, so I'm fine. So you I, can hold a slake, I can hold a slate call on my left and strike it with my right, and I can – Use my mouth call, and I can shoot off my knee, so I'm fine. That's a true hunter, ladies and gentlemen. If y'all aren't paying attention, <laughs> he has found a way to overcome and adapt. Work the problem. Adversity. Work the problem. <laughs> Literally sitting in my front yard the other day practicing because I was like, I am doing this, and it's going to happen. Well, Dude. you could have just consulted Slade. He would have figured that out for you. Oh, definitely. No, he would he would have tried to figure out a way for me not to kill those birds. <laughs> he would have kept your disability a little bit longer. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> my wife, like, I, I mean, I went hunting youth season uh, with my son. I mean, I, and I had the surgery four days before that. My wife was like, you are going to overdo it, and you are going to be hurting, and you are done for doing it. She was mad. Like, I'm talking 
furious that I was going. And when I got home that day, I ain't going to lie to nobody. I was hurting. I was like, oh, man, I shouldn't have went. This is not good. And when she got home, I said, you were right. I'm sorry. I said, I should have listened to you. But uh, but I did, man. I just I cannot wait to get out there and hear him. I can't stop. Like, it just I, I want to go so bad. But I did overdo it that day. And and I had to admit that uh, she was right, which, you know, as a husband, it ain't real fun. Ooh. That's one of those swallow your pride moments. I tried, man, but I was in that recliner. She could tell I was hurting. She knew it. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, you were right. But So you actually admitted it. I had to, man. I may, oh, you, I'll just yeah, suffer You can see it in my face. I was almost white. I'll like, suffer in silence. <laughs> oh, man. I don't know well, if the words could actually leave my mouth or not. I'd have to. Yeah. Well, that's how she is. She don't admit she's wrong. So. <laughs> well, Craig, before we venture in a, in a much else, tell us kind of recapping through, through the whole Trained Assassins you know, show, what's probably your most memorable moment? Just, just, um, just wanted to see what your your thoughts are. I uh, I would say, um, ooh, that's a tough one. My me- most memorable moment is oh, I, I yeah, I do know this one. So uh, my most memorable moment, as far as on the show itself, was uh, I hunted a deer in Illinois. Um, I shot him high. He was, he was close to Booner. He's probably high 60s, low 70s. And I hit him high, and we tracked him and tracked him and tracked him and tracked him. And and uh, we had dog out, and we couldn't find him. ran out of blood. Dog guy said, man, I really think he's alive. Uh, so literally that evening, I mean, the next, yeah, the next evening, so 24 hours, no, 36 hours after I shot him, I went a mile away from where I shot him in the middle of a hardwood timber in, in the evening, which I – usually couldn't stand now i love it but at the time i was like man i want to be on the field it's evening time that's what i want to do well um the, i saw one deer that evening and it was that deer found me in the tree walked 25 yards from me and i'm missing low and still to this day i call that deer garfield and he still haunts me all the time because that's the one i had two shots at and messed them both up so so that was the same deer you shot high, couldn't find it, come back, you shot low, and that's, that's it. correct. That's it. Wow, I don't remember. Yeah. I don't remember that on the show. Well, it's pretty entertaining if you want to go watch it. They they ragged me pretty hard. And then the funny part about that is, is this year my first hunt without being filmed in ten years. Um, I went to Kansas, and um, I was hunting a, around a one seventy inch deer. Deer comes in my second morning there. I shot it, wounded it. Uh, we couldn't find it. Um, two and a half days later, I'm in a different stand. The same deer comes by me, and I actually shoot kill it. And it was my biggest buck I ever killed. And it was 171 inch, uh, 12 point. And uh, wow. so I've had that happen to me twice, but the second time I actually capitalized on it. <laughs> so, so wow. yeah, that's why that's why they say I'm probably the luckiest hunter. Ever, and I, I have to say that, yeah, stuff like that does happen to me a pretty good bit, so I guess I am. <laughs> All right, let's take that to a different level. Same uh-huh. same principle, uh, favorite memory of one of the other guys. Whew, uh, whoa, I mean, by far, no doubt, the other guy is going to be, and I was a part of this, was Freakbird, South Carolina. I think Ryan actually said this. Um it was uh it was me and 
Blake went to South Carolina on a turkey hunt and we got, we drove all night and we got there that morning and we were dead tired and we heard a couple of birds gobbling, but we ended up sitting by these hay bales and we both fell asleep with the decoys out in the middle of this field. We, I woke up to a turkey beating up the decoy. And, um, so I woke up Blake, uh, we, I filmed him. He shot the, he shot the turkey, kind of missed it. And he had a single shot and he ran after the turkey, jumped on it. He, he caught it, rang its neck, threw it over his shoulder, walked all the way back to me, set it on the ground. I still had the little camera running, uh, turn the big one off. Cause he talked to me for, I think six and a half minutes is what it was. And, uh, we were, I was literally we were getting up to go get me one. I had to go for a running on top of the hay bale. And he walked over and grabbed that turkey, and when he did, it got up and ran off, and we have never seen that turkey since. <laughs> so that that by far the most memorable overall, I would say, because I mean that stuff like that don't happen every day. And you ended up with good footage of it. Oh yeah, I had the GoPro footage, perfect of it. That's amazing. Yeah, uh -huh. and it got a, it. That was the uh, we were nominated for that one for best blooper, and it should have won. The people that won the award, the people that actually won the award came up to me, us, and said, okay, yeah, y'all got gypped because we definitely should have, y'all should have won that one. Who won that? Uh, the Kiefer brothers actually did, and it was something like they were trying to get on their horse or something on the drop program, and the horse took off over to the mountain, and they had to go find it. I'm like, yeah, I mean, you can make a horse do that, but you can't make a turkey come back to life. <laughs> no doubt. So what, I know, I remember... I've seen it on uh, on social media and stuff about the awards. What what all accomplishments did the show have or nominations and stuff throughout the years? Uh, we were nominated for a top fan favorite uh, one year and top blooper that year. Uh, besides that, that was it. Oh, no. We were also uh, nominated for uh, Best New Series uh, after season one. And that was, that was all through the Sportsman Channel? Yep, that was Sportsman Channel. Well, outdoor and Sportsman, once they – Merged, yeah, uh, merged, it became Outdoor Sportsman's uh, Channel Awards. So, but, yep. So you say the the first year was by far your worst year, production wise. You know, quality. production wise, but it, well, we had two nominations. But, that year. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe it wasn't that bad after all. I guess not. Maybe not. I just said that because we did. We got voted for. Well, we got nominated for best new series and best blooper that year. So I guess. Oh, yeah, I guess you're right. Yeah, that's never it. looked at it that way. Well, sometimes it takes an outside perspective. When you yeah. just said that, it was like, well, hold on. He had just got through saying that year one and year two were by far the roughest years of quality. <laughs> they seem like it. <laughs> but but apparently that was the one that you were notarized for the mess. Uh, yeah, you're right. You're right. <laughs> oh, man. The uh, – we getting we getting to the winding down part, Jeremy. If you got anything else that you uh, or Ryan, uh, not Ryan, Craig, you got anything else you want to get out on the air before we before we wind down? No, sir. I appreciate y'all having me. I can tell you that uh, I really want to come back and tell everybody that uh, Ryan had it halfway right and halfway <laughs> wrong last time. So I want to make sure I got had that to come out back for a little redemption. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, I, like I said, I don't care if you put myself out there that I miss and I mess up and make a fool out of myself, but but uh, I'm going to come back and tell you wrong when you say I tried to hide it, because that's one thing I did too. <laughs> well, Craig, no, before we I, get I off. I called him as soon as I listened to it. I said, you son of a gun. <laughs> before we get off, I guess, any you know, some people may be wondering, is there any chance of maybe, uh, maybe seeing you back on 
back on TV doing anything? <laughs> well, there's always that chance. That um, chance, huh? <laughs> there is always that chance. But to be honest with you, man, like I, I would love to because I loved what I did. But I, I'm just being completely honest with everyone. And, and my family right now is so much more important than me being gone all the time doing what I was doing. Um, it, just, it took a toll on it. Uh, I missed a lot of things, and one of the things I tell everybody now is, like, stuff I was missing, I didn't even know I was missing. Like, this year, I went to, I got to go to Halloween with my kids. I've never, ever, ever been to Halloween with my kids until this year, and I didn't even know I was missing that, but I was always going on Halloween. And just yeah. small things I learned, you know, that, that I was missing, and I, I, I promised myself and I promised my family, I said I will never miss that again. Now, I'm not going to say I won't get back deeper into it once my kids get older and they – they leave the house, but until then, unless yeah. uh, unless unless I can make a show, or somebody can make a show with me going one or two trips a year and hunting around here, then that's about it. Well, you well can I think y'all, make y'all, a... y'all laid it out good there at the ending. I mean, you know, ending on the note y'all did that was that was pretty good. I I didn't really even know it was coming until I watched the show, and I'm like, oh god, that's pretty cool, you know, to end it, yeah. end it the way y'all did. Yeah, once we decided to end it, uh, that's what our, our idea was. Look, let's just go out with a bang on our last episode. I'm sure there's another show that's done that before, but I couldn't remember a one. And and the reason I wanted to do that is exactly what I told you earlier is my goal and our goal was to end it on our terms. And that's what we want to make sure everybody knew. Because most of the time when a show ends, it's after it airs that season. And then they right. find out they're not renewed. Well, for us... We wanted to show that it was our turn. We wanted to do it because we wanted to spend more time with our families because our kids are growing up, and that's what we thought the best thing was to do. Absolutely, man. Well, Craig, we appreciate you being with us tonight. Um, man, it was good good catching up with you and, and clarifying some of some of what Ryan had to, <laughs> had to tell us on you. But, but everybody, we hope you enjoyed this episode of Outdoor Country Talk with Jacob and Jeremy. God bless. God bless. Lord, to make you feel alright I got the windows down I got the radio on